on Sunday with the Minnesota Wilds 3-2 loss to the New York Islanders. The local floodplain Flames became the first team in the Western Conference to clinch a playoff spot. Interesting. Welcome to this 328th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. The two biggest non-Flames fans in the city of Calgary are going to have to listen to that Red Mile bullshit, but I think it's only going to last about a week to 10 days, so we won't have to worry about it for too long. <laughs> oh, yeah. Greg sits here the other day. I had to make I have to make comment. Greg is unbelievably talented, but he was talking about that I was wrong about that they were down scoring wise. Well, since the All-Star break, they have been downscoring rise. I, I wouldn't think when they went into the All-Star break, they were third or fourth in the league in goals uh, goals per game scoring average. I don't think they're there anymore. But my biggest concern moving forward with the Calgary floodplain Flames was that they didn't address the goaltending situation. And I don't want to sound repetitive. You know my position on this. Chris will echo my sentiments, I believe. But they don't have a goaltender. When your scoring is down, they don't have a goaltender that can steal a game for you. They just don't. And that ultimately is what you've got to have in the postseason in the National Hockey League. The local team doesn't have it. The team that is uh, closest in the standings to the floodplain flames, the San Jose Sharks, their all-star defenseman, Eric Carlson, He's been out since February 26th with a groin injury. He did skate on Sunday, but still no timetable for his return to the lineup. As we're broadcasting here on Monday night, March the 18th, the Sharks are one point behind the Flames for the top spot in the West. And in the East, a little bit of an injury update for you there. Gino Malkin is week to week, and I say to you, Gino, aren't we all? But Malkin is week to week with an upper body injury. So uh, those are some of the things going on in the National Hockey League. Obviously, we can talk more about whatever is on your mind from the wonderful and on our minds from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. But I want to talk about something that I was listening to an old, old, old tape of myself the other day. And the topic that day was who would be on your Mount Rushmore of your favorite professional sports team? Doesn't matter what league. Um, you can you can bring in any different league, any different team that you want to, as long as it's a professional team and as long as it is players playing on the team. I made the quick example before we got started here tonight in our first episode that I wanted to talk about this. I had made mention that they have to be players that have played for that particular organization. Green Bay, as an example, if you were to put the Mount Rushmore of the Green Bay Packers, who would the four names be? Well, how could you have a Green Bay Packers list without Curly Lambeau or Vince Lombardi? But when you do it, players that have played or are currently playing uh, for that organization, that's the only restriction. On my Green Bay Mount Rushmore would be Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Reggie White, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, Bart Starr won five championships as the quarterback of the Packers, ran Vince Lombardi's offense exactly the way the coach wanted him to do so. After 29 years of crap, we made a trade with the Atlanta Falcons involving Brett Favre. That turned out pretty well. We've had 27 years of quarterbacks in, the, uh, in Green Bay. 
that were either named Favre or Rogers, and the biggest problem is for the 27 years, only two championships. That's a problem. Rogers is there because, well, look what he's done. They need one more before Rogers hangs him up. And Reggie White, Reggie White made it cool for African American players to sign in Green Bay. Before Reggie White signed on the dotted line in May of 1992 with Green Bay, changing the fortunes of the Packers, that came, that was the third important piece. The first piece was Mike Holmgren. The second piece was Brett Favre. And the third piece was Reggie White, which led to this unprecedented run of success in Green Bay with the football Packers. But Reggie White made it cool for African Americans to sign on the dotted line in Green Bay. At the time, they gave him a five-year, $16 million contract, which was preposterous, but compared to what they're paying them now, it was worth every penny. That would be my Mount Rushmore of the Green Bay Packers. Think about players before I get Chris in here and have him. I would love to see what Chris is going to say in regard to who would he put on his Mount Rushmore of the Edmonton Oilers. We're going to have to have subsection 5, subsection 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. But you'd have to have the same thing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Think about it, folks. Preliminary list, I'd have Magic Johnson, Jerry West, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Kobe Bryant on my four for the Lakers. But you're leaving off Elgin Baylor. You're leaving off Wilt Chamberlain, for Christ's sake. You're leaving off Shaquille O'Neal. Interesting. I always had a lot of interest. And it was and it was always cool because when you're on around the country and around the world, you have a lot of different viewpoints. You'd get some hillbilly from Atlanta and always say, Well, we'd have four four really good Atlanta Falcons. And then they'd start naming out car drivers. That's how stupid they are in Georgia. Or you'd get a whole different idea of a southern New York Yankees fan versus a current New York Yankees fan that lives in the Bronx. You'd have like Aaron Judge and you'd have whatever, but the the old retirees that now live in Florida, you'd have to have Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio. I don't know. I mean, just think. The, the, the Yankees have won 26 championships. How can you not have Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig on that list? I mean, so that's what was so fun about this. And... After a while, we'd include colleges and once in a while, you know, that kind of stuff. But I'd be interested. I know Wayne Gretzky makes your list, rightfully so. But are the other four, other three on your list, would one of them be Connor McDavid? Uh, no, not yet. Well, but when Exactly. It's, but I mean, it, it's that's, a, that's the intriguing part of the discussion is when you bring the next superstar, do you include him now or do you wait till 10 years down the line? Yeah, it's it's a great point. So right now, there's no question Wayne Gretzky's number one and Mark Messier is number two. There's right. no question about it. And while there could be some debate, I would be comfortable having Yari Curry at number three. Oh, good call. Uh, right. Absolutely. Great now, call. there's no question that Connor, when it's all said and done, will round out the top four and probably not be in fourth. He'll probably be in you know second or third there. Right. But um, right now, just for... Argument's sake. The only way you can make the argument interesting to me, as long as you go with Curry at three for now, and just admit that McDavid will be there someday. Right. Uh, and you almost could put him there now, but uh, not quite. Not with. Not really with the. You know that all the other guys on the list have. You know, three, four, five championship. You know, or in some cases six uh, rings. Uh, in in that company, you can't make the case that a guy with no cups can be on the Mount Rushmore. Right. Like with Messi has six rings. Like exactly. What are you gonna do? Right. Um, so, okay. 
But right now, so we don't count McDavid yet, and we say he's not there yet. The number four position is a very interesting debate because there's three guys you can consider. Uh, let's see. So if we have uh, so McDavid not yet, Gretzky one, Messier two, Curry number three. <coughs> who are the three guys that I would consider at number four for the Edmonton Oilers? Grant Fuhr. Yep. Glenn Anderson. Yep. We have not said any defensemen yet. Even though he put a... <clears throat> excuse me, I've lost my voice almost temporarily. Steve Smith? No. <laughs> the guy who scored on himself. To the guy that scored on himself. <laughs> to screw us? Uh, no, uh, think offensive defenseman. Think like Bobby Orr type stuff. Think Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey, yeah. There we go. So Paul Coffey, yeah. Paul Coffey's the man, <laughs> and uh, nothing bad to say there. So right now, if I'm deciding, holy moly, that's tough. Like, I wanted to go coffee. Anderson's one of those guys. You know, we were talking last week about guys who, you know, if if they make it into the Hall of Fame or they win a lot of championships who are kind of more role players, and maybe they actually are that good. Maybe they're not, and they just played on great teams like Glenn Anderson. Right. He's probably that good because he does have some good records in his own right. Like, he does have the all-time power play goal record for the Oilers, which is amazing. So it's not like he did nothing. But, uh, boy, I'd like to go coffee. But then Grant Fuhrer, I mean, there were so few good goalies back then, and he was amazing. And how can you win, you know, five cups in seven years, though good goaltending, four of them were were his. So it's a tough one. Maybe you have to go Fuhrer, but eventually it's going to be McDavid. So I guess it's a moot point for now. But it is it is interesting for an Oiler fan. I think it'd be I think it'd be really interesting to see a real you know educated, respectful debate with a bunch of Oiler fans. Yes. Uh, over who is the best of the three: Glenn Anderson, Paul Coffey, or Grant Fuhrer. And anyone who's listening, if you'd like to put in your thoughts on who is the Please. best of those three, yep. go for it uh, on the Patreon page, on unscriptedmc.com, wherever. And I'd be interested to see what you guys think, because that's a really interesting debate with those three. Think about how difficult it would be to put a a uh, four names from the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Wow. Um, you know, Serge Savard. Like, do you put Ken Dryden and Patrick Waugh? Well, I got Dryden on mine. I, I put Ken Dryden. I have Larry Robinson. I have Guy Lafleur. And I'm thinking about some older guy. Oh, Rocket Richard. Rocket Richard's got to be on there for sure. Have to. Got to be. Got the best hair in the league too. <laughs> that was the days before the. Oh man. I mean, but think about uh, for baseball. How about the Yankees? Ruth Gehrig, as I just said, DiMaggio and Mantle. You couldn't have anybody else. And you're leaving Reggie Jackson off there. You're leaving off a ton of players. Derek Jeter. As a player. Not as a front office administrator, <laughs> as, um, as, a, as a spy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> have the have the all traded team from the Miami Marlins. Yeah, uh, you know their their four names, and you'd have well for sure you'd have Giancarlo Stanton. You'd have the guy from Milwaukee, Kristen Yelich. You'd have JT Real, Real Muto right now, who just got traded this offseason to Philadelphia, and you'd probably you could probably put. Marcelo Osuna on there, and he was traded last year to the Cardinals. You'd have a pretty good Mount Rushmore of traded guys from the Miami, Florida, or the Miami Marlins. So that Stan trade should have been vetoed. Absolutely. Oh my God. That that oh. just shows baseball is not serious. But just it's amazing, and you know if we if we get uh, you know a bunch of different 
comments from people. It's just unbelievable, the names. And you think about all the different teams and who would you put. Like, who would you put on the Golden State Warriors? Well, right now you'd have on the current team. But how could you not include Rick Barry? You don't know who he is. No, but, but, the, but in fairness, though, that's one of the franchises where you could make the case. Because people today, especially don't know from back then, uh, people today are always going to, you know, give extra weight. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I think younger people will give more weight to today's players and write off the older ones. But uh, in fair, uh, in fairness, some people might overrate the older ones because even though they are from a time with, you know, less, you know, the training wasn't as good, the nutrition wasn't as good, the supplements weren't as good and all that, um, they still might overrate how those players would fare if they were to play in right. today's game. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say that both uh, might get the benefit of, uh, of a bit of bias there. But you can make the case, I think, with Golden State because now they're in a true dynasty and they they were never a big franchise. They were never a, a big-time franchise, now, really. Before this run, their last championship with Rick Barry as their, their go-to guy, mm-hmm. 1974. Yeah, so maybe you go Rick Barry and then the best guys from today, and that's it. Rick Barry, Stephon Curry. Um, I don't think you can put Durant no, he on Golden State. He's not been no, there long enough. No. I think you got to put Stephon Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, along with Rick Barry. Sure. There's only four. Um, NBA is where we're going next. But think about that, folks. If you are, just as Chris had asked you, if you have some suggestions as who would be the Mount Rushmore of your favorite or maybe even not so favorite. I mean, I hate the freaking Minnesota Vikings, but I can think of their Mount Rushmore right right now. Okay. Fran Tarkington's been the best quarterback yeah. in their franchise yeah. history. I'd have to put uh, Alan Page on that list. I'd have to put Carl Eller on that list, and I'd have to put Jim Marshall and it'd be kind of a it'd be kind of a toss up between Jim Marshall or the running back Chuck Foreman from back in the day, but that would be my four. And I'd probably to even it up two defensive, two offense. I'd probably put Foreman on there because he was better than Adrian Peterson. Oh yeah, in the day. Now we're talking going back in the seventies now, and and uh, but Chuck Foreman, if you had seen him in his prime, um, he could catch it out of the backfield. He could block when he had to. But he was a difference maker, and he was a part of of teams that went to three Super Bowls in a row, didn't win any of them, two or three or whatever it was. But in the 70s, they lost back-to-back years to the Dolphins and then to the Steelers. But Chuck Foreman was like the main guy. And uh, I would put Chuck Foreman as my all-time Vikings running back before Adrian Peters. Okay, do the Brewers and the Bucks. Well, you know, it's funny. I started with the Brewers, and uh, I had trouble getting the fourth name. For the Brewers, um, Robin Yunt, Paul Molitor, Kristen Yelich, and my fourth, I don't have a fourth right now, but I, my the one I was thinking about would be the young pitcher, uh, Josh Hader. He's a difference maker, and uh, he is the reason, out of that outstanding bullpen, he was the reason that the Brewers were within one game of the World Series last year, in my opinion. For the Bucks, Giannis, Marcus Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and probably Oscar Robertson. The current team, as good as they are right now, haven't done squat, really. Really haven't. But at least the three other names on that list that I mentioned, or two other, whatever it was, they've won one championship. It happened to be in 1971, but they won their one championship. Um, I want to stay in the NBA. 
There was a lot of people thought that there was a bit of an Eastern Conference Finals preview on Sunday from Milwaukee in a game between the 76ers and the Bucks. Giannis outscores Joel Embiid 52 to 40, but the Sixers win the game 130 to 125. Bucks still seven ahead of the Sixers in the standings. And the reason I prefaced it by saying a lot of people thought that that was an Eastern Conference Finals preview. A lot of people up until recently thought it was pretty much a done deal in the East that it looked like it at least looked like anyway. It could be Milwaukee versus Toronto. And I would kind of like that because that would represent the two parts of where I've been living the last 22 years. I'd like to see Toronto proceed and obviously heartstrings going back to my home state of of Wisconsin and, and the city of Milwaukee. But the reason I'm not including the Raptors in that is And this is where it's, you know, and Chris and I have been kind of harsh on Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Toronto Raptors, Masai Ujiri, because he's the guy, he's the guy that pulled the trade, that sent out uh, DeMar DeRozan into San Antonio, fired Dwayne Casey, made him the scapegoat last year. We don't have to revisit all that crap, but you tell me that Dwayne Casey doesn't have loyalty of his players, and you don't tell me that Dwayne Casey can't coach the game of basketball. The Detroit Pistons, on paper, shouldn't be able to hold the jockstrap of the Toronto Raptors. But this is why I don't think the Toronto Raptors are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals against maybe the Bucks or maybe the 76ers or maybe even still the Boston Celtics. Because if the Raptors were legitimate Eastern Conference Finals contenders, would they have lost three times this year and been swept this year by the Detroit Pistons. Oof. That's an embarrassment. That's an indictment of Ujiri. Thank you. It really is. It's an indictment of Ujiri, of, of being a screw-up, and it's an indictment as to Dwayne Casey was n- should not have been the fall guy for last year's problems. He made some mistakes, but they all did. And uh, to blame all that on one guy, and when... Last week, the Lakers were in Toronto, and it was caught on camera that LeBron James caught up to Kawhi Leonard after the game and says, we'll talk later. (laughs) If Musai Ujiri sees Kawhi Leonard go to L.A., either the Clippers or the Lakers, or anywhere out of Toronto, he should be fired in Toronto, in my opinion. 100%, and we've talked about this a lot, and I've written about it, and it's... (laughs) This, this was beyond a gambit to get rid of the much-beloved DeMar DeRozan uh, when, I mean, the, usually you don't have to trade your best player to get a great player that a team's trying to get rid of. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I mean, I, I thought may, like high at the most they trade Kyle Lowry maybe for him. You know, you don't give up DeRozan. But I just I didn't think that was necessary. Give give him a first round pick or two or something. Like I mean, and and if you don't have any guarantees past this one year, then maybe a first round pick is all you should have to give up. Uh, giving up DeRozan I think was unnecessary, and the Spurs just completely fleeced you, Jerry. And you're absolutely right. And we've said this all along. We said as soon as it happened, we didn't even know if Kawhi Leonard would report. Right? Yeah. There was no guarantee of that even. So Jerry's lucky that Leonard's even reported. Even though he only plays every other game or whatever they well, have, I know. And there, you, and you hit it right there. He's a scratch, a healthy scratch tonight, as the Raptors are playing a host to the New York Knicks. Yeah. So no, Ujiri is either going to get fired or get lucky, and there's no in between. Um, I found this funny. Every time ESPN comes out with some kind of poll or some kind of 
opinion something i always seem to make comment and and uh i was shocked when i saw this so i thought you know this would be something to talk about because as we all know i'm not the world's biggest soccer fan i don't quite understand it uh guys in great physical shape i don't i don't discredit them for that unbelievable physical shape to run up and down that pitch see i know that much wow. i know run up and down that pitch for 90 minutes, two 45-minute halves. But the fourth annual ESPN World Fame 100 came out over the weekend, ranking of the biggest names in sports as measured by Google Trends. I'm telling you, folks, Google is taking over our lives. You need to know something? Ask Google. Need to know where to go somewhere? Go to Google. What team did this guy play on? Go to Google. Well, that's what we're doing basically here, folks. We're going to Google. On the fourth annual ESPN World Fame 100, and I'm only going through the top 10. I don't have time or I don't give a damn about the other 90. But I'm just trying to make a point here. I need to open my horizons a little bit. I was shocked when I saw this. The, the, the surprising thing is I can correctly name, or I can correct. I can correctly pronounce eight of the ten names. That's a good thing for me. Number one, or should we start with ten and go down? We'll go with number ten and go down. The fourth annual ESPN World Fame 100, the top ten. Number ten, Tiger Woods. You've heard of him. Number nine, Steph Curry. Number eight, Rafael, Rafael Nadal, tennis player if you didn't know. Number seven, don't know who this guy is, don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm going on a wing and a prayer right here. He's a cricket player, whatever that is, and his name is Virat Kohli, K-O-H-L-I. Number six, Roger Federer. Number five, good to see Conor McGregor from the UFC and MMA. Happy to see that. Number four, no idea. His name is, he thinks he's Madonna. Neymar, soccer player. Number three, Lionel Messi, soccer player. Number two, LeBron James, basketball. And number one, Cristiano Ronaldo. One, two, three, three soccer players, a cricket player. Who the hell are these guys? What happened to football, basketball, baseball, and hockey? What the hell? Well, a lot of the world is is way different, of course. One out of every five people on earth lives in India. And so right, yeah. right there, that's cricket all the way. And of course, some soccer influence as well. And most of the world is, uh, has soccer as the number one sport. And much like cricket, it's fairly easy to just pick it up. And, and you know, with soccer, you can just play with You have a ball and away you go. Some people don't have a ball. They have a soccer. So cricket something. is the one where the guy kind of winds up and then whips that ball at you. And yeah, you and you have the really, really, really skinny like sort of wickets there. almost, yeah. Yeah, and then you've got that paddle that you... Yeah. And you can... And it's like baseball like that, except you can hit it 360 degrees. Oh, so, oh, so there is no foul lines. No, there's like you can hit it. Yeah, so yeah, you can the ball's coming and you can hit it any direction. Wow. Imagine if you could do that in baseball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be crazy, but yeah, so it's an interesting one. Um and the cricket games there's I've read up on it a bit before. There's different rules and different kinds of of cricket. A lot of them they still honor having uh, they'll have like at at an intermission kind of they'll have tea. They'll literally have tea like in oh, really? in England and stuff. Like it's crazy and and uh, sometimes uh, they they even call them innings, just like in baseball. But the singular is still innings. So like you can say like after um, uh, you know you would never say the word inning. 
Mm. It was like, oh, hey, we played one innings. Oh, really? Like, it always has an S on the end, no matter what, even if you're only talking about one. But uh, but it, it, some of them can go, like, one innings can actually be, a, like, hours and hours to potentially. They're with There's different rules and everything, right. and I'm not an expert. But anyway, it, it is interesting, and it is a huge, huge deal. There's not that many countries that are super into cricket, but India is certainly one of them. Pakistan is another. And there's a few like that. But, uh, yeah, we can really see the global influence. Well, and I, I was shocked. And I'm, I'm biased. I know that. And I'm a bit closed-minded, and we know that, too. I get all that. I've got faults. But I was surprised there wasn't one NFL guy in that top 10. Well, but NFL is such a team sport. Actually, all the big four are, so, are such team sports. I, I, I get that. But I thought that we in, in, in the top 10 of anything, with the popularity of the NFL on a worldwide, global kind of thing, I thought we'd have Tom Brady. I thought we'd have, I don't know, somebody from the NFL. I mean, yes, you're right. Team sports are not well represented in this list. A lot of individual stuff. But um, three soccers and a cricket guy and no guy from the NFL or the National Hockey League? I mean... But there's there's not that... There isn't necessarily that transcendent guy. If we did this list in 1995... 96 or 97 or 98 michael jordan would be there there's no basketball players now but i'm sure michael oh sorry ron and steph curry oh there are two that's right okay fair enough but i think uh i think that there would be we'd have michael jordan back then but even in all the sports if you go to the right time my point is i think you would you any sport could be on there if it's a big enough guy the fact that there's a ufc guy on there is huge that's the biggest thing i'm taking away from this is that conor mcgregor's on there which is amazing and that just speaks to him now I understand that the UFC is is accessible in a way like soccer is. Not that people are going to actually, you know, do disciplined mixed martial arts in the middle of no worth, no money. But you can, anyone can just, you can be poor and you can fight. You know what I mean? You sure. Can, you can yeah. go fight a guy if you want. So that's accessible. And he's made himself a star of his own, just with his mouth and his look and everything he's done. So he has built that. There's not really necessarily anyone who's doing that in the NFL. I don't think if we didn't have Google, I don't, I think that would be, and I think this is to your point. If we didn't have Google and the World Wide web and, and the accessibility to nonstop information, this list would look a lot different. Even if it was in 2019, it would look a lot different. I think if there wasn't an internet potentially it's so it's it's impossible to even no, fathom I, that at I this get point it, but i just don't i think that these individual sports where i'm not taking a shot at i'm just saying that i think that if without the internet without google you know and this sort of stuff i don't know if they would have had the worldwide accessibility and then ultimately fans from all over the world that's all kind of what i'm saying well, I mean, the guys that are showing up there are known for winning a lot, whether it's Conor McGregor, who's a combination of winning and his persona, or Steph Curry and LeBron James, just an absurd amount of winning yeah. involved there. Tiger Woods, not lately, but overall, an absurd amount of winning, yep. and just a huge personality. Roger Federer just got his 100th title, yep. an absurd amount of winning. It's really hard to do that in the NFL, and the only team that can claim that is the Patriots, but at this point, mm-hmm. nobody's Googling Tom Brady, because frankly, Tom Brady, you, you, only has, you almost have to have an interesting personality and be a, an absurd amount of so winning. So then maybe along those lines, it would maybe be even more funny as this may seem, it might even be funny that 
an, an Antonio Brown or an Odell Beckham Jr. would be on this list before Tom Brady. And I was thinking exactly that, but the problem there is those guys haven't won many championships. They're not winning like constantly, certainly. And even if you had somebody, let's say you took somebody who's a big personality. Let's say Deion Sanders was in his prime right now. Yeah. I don't think that would be enough to have the NFL and Deion Sanders in his prime. I think you would have to have, if let's say it was 2019, but he was just here now. Let's say you had in 2019 Deion Sanders in his prime and he was winning a bunch of super, and he won like three Super Bowls in a row. Yeah. Then you might then see him on this list. list. Yeah. But if you only have one or the other, if you just win a bunch of titles and you're boring like Tom Brady, or if you have notoriety and you don't win anything, like if Conor McGregor wasn't winning, wasn't winning like two titles at once, maybe he doesn't make it. And fighting Floyd Mayweather, maybe he doesn't make it either. And if and if Deion Sanders, I just recently came out with a thirty for thirty on ESPN about when he spent the weekend playing football and baseball. Mm-hmm. If he had won a World Series championship and a Super Bowl in the same year, <laughs> in the same year for the two different franchises. He would have been on this. Yeah, list. and his personality, and they right. did that list that year. Yeah, yeah okay, sure. But it's, it's not enough. The competition is too severe here. And honestly, when you have, and I've mentioned this before, in some countries, certain sports are just ingrained in the culture. Yeah. And, and the guys are practically gods. Like Cristiano Ronaldo is... Right is revered to some of these, and even like, everyone knows the classic names, whether it's Pele or Diego Maradona. These guys are like national heroes. Right. These guys are like countries. A, yeah. These are these are above whatever Canadians think of Wayne Gretzky. It's it's higher than that. Like it is a it's another level that that certain countries just can't really feel. Like when you have like poor people in Mexico or somewhere like that, or in South America. Uh, you can't. There's there's nothing someone can do to make me personally revere them in the way that some of these guys are revered in poor countries where somebody has nothing else except to you know cheer for their soccer team. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just a different thing. It just is. That's a great point. Yeah, very well spoken, young man. Um, we've got to run on this uh, 328th episode of Unscripted. We thank you very much for joining us. Hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.